Master Hakuin's chant and praises are Zen. From the very beginning all beings are Buddha. Like water and ice, without water no ice, outside us no Buddhas. How near the truth, yet how far we seek. Like one in water, crying, I thirst. Like a child of rich birth, wandering poor on this earth, we endlessly circle the six worlds. The cause of our sorrow is ego delusion. From dark path to dark path we wandered in darkness. How can we be free from birth and death? The gateway to freedom is Zazen Samadhi. Beyond exaltation, beyond all our praises, the pure Mahayana. Upholding the precepts, repentance and giving, the countless good deeds in the way of right living all come from Zazen. Thus one true Samadhi extinguishes evils. It purifies karma, dissolving obstructions. Then where are the dark paths to lead us astray? The pure lotus land is not far away. Hearing this truth, heart humble and grateful, to praise and embrace it, to practice its wisdom, brings unending blessings, brings mountains of merit. And when we turn inward and prove our true nature, that true self is no self, our own self is no self, we go beyond ego and pass clever words. Then the gate to the oneness of cause and effect is thrown open. Not two or not three, straight ahead runs the way. Our form now being no form, and going and returning we never leave home. Our thought now being no thought, our dancing and songs are the voice of the Dharma. How vast is the heaven of boundless samadhi. How bright and transparent the moonlight of wisdom. What is there outside us? What is there we lack? Nirvana is openly shown to our eyes. This earth where we stand is the pure lotus land, and this very body, the body of Buddha. Today is Tuesday the 28th of September 2021 and those of us in Auckland are at the end of our sixth week of uh, quite strict lockdown. So um, there's a campaign on to get as many people vaccinated as possible at the moment and it seemed like a good time to to talk a little bit about vaccination and not vaccinated, not wanting to be vaccinated. Um, last week I had an email from a centre member who was concerned that I had encouraged people to get vaccinated um, in, a, in a, one of our weekly updates, really in order to help protect each other uh, as well as ourselves. Um, especially to um, protect those who can't get the vaccine. People, people who, um, children for instance, or um, people who are immunocompromised in some way. And I guess really my message was to see it in this collective fashion, not so much as something we do 
just uh, to predict ourselves, but um, to create an environment in which the vaccine has less places to to so to, to um, take up residence, so to speak. And this member sent me um, several links to information that um, the person wanted me to to look at. And because it, it's somebody that I, I really respect and care about, I promised to have a look at some of the material. And um, soon found out that there was a vast amount of it um, if you sort of explored your way through different links. And you could easily spend days and days going through this, this um, material, just as you could go for days and days through through all the um, material that's that's um, given out by just our um, Ministry of Health. So I just wanted to to give some impressions. This is no by no means exhaustive. Um, I was just had a few hours today to to prepare for this talk. Um, so it's really sort of more impressionistic. Um, I went in tr trying to um, be as be as open as I could, but at the same time to um, use as much discernment as I could. And the, the first the first uh, website I went to. Um, which was the only one that wasn't in the form of um, YouTube clips. Um, it mentioned uh, some of the points that had been proposed by Dr. Scott Atlas. And I didn't click on to who this was at first, but after looking him up, um, it, it, it certainly was a discouraging place to begin in, in terms of um, being feeling open to the material. Um, Dr. Scott Atlas was a neuroradiologist, neuro so not a virologist or an epidemiologist, um, but more recently has been the member of a conservative think tank associated with um, Stanford University, the Hoover Foundation, I think. But more importantly, he was um, for a time Donald Trump's coronavirus advisor and um, his, a lot of his advice led to um, disastrous results for the, their management of the, of the pandemic. The people mostly will be aware of this. And um, at a certain point he told people to rise up against uh, COVID measures in, in various places around the the country, and this was at the, at the height of the pandemic, and um, it was at, it was he was um, accused of having incited the attempted kidnapping of Michigan's governor Gretchen Whitmer. The uh, next character that I met was Dr. Sucharat Bhakti, 
who's a um, resident of, of uh, Germany and very very critical of the German uh, response to the COVID pandemic. Um, he predicted before the vaccine was introduced that it would kill millions. Um, and as, as, what, as a proponent of, of um, let's say, conspiracy theories, as many, many of these um, folks are in the, in the anti-vaccination world, um, but he was um, disowned by his publisher for expressing anti-Semitic views. And of course the Jews were victims of um, earliest conspiracy theories. It was, it was said to be a conspiracy by all the Jews around the world to um, uh, control the financial system and uh, do lots of damage. And that, that conspiracy theory around um, international um, sort of cabal of, of Jewish people had long roots too back into, the, into Europe's history in terms of other conspiracies that the Jews were accused of. Dr. Bhakti um, also said that young children have no, are not prone to contact, contract COVID-19, um, which may have been, been true earlier, but with the, the new um, Delta variant, it's no longer true. Just today, I heard some figures of our own uh, outbreak, this Auckland August outbreak, where the babies to nine-year-olds have been 208 cases, um, and of 10-year-olds to 19-year-olds, 273. So that's um, that's out of 100, about 1,185 cases. So it's a 17.6 for the zero to nines and 23% for the 10 to 19-year-olds. Another character um, um, video, many, many videos of Dr. Rainer uh, Fuhlmich, maybe mispronouncing that, um, uh, German originally, uh, but also resident of California, a litigation lawyer. Um, taken cases against lots of big corporations such as uh, Volkswagen, fraudulent, various fraudulent corporations. He also um, had a connection with Steve Bannon, um, was interviewed by him. Stephen Bannon, of course, another uh, notorious former advisor of President Trump. 
so examples of, of uh, from this from the small number of of uh, clips that I dipped into with Dr. Fuelmick. Um, he he claims that the pandemic was planned by global elites, including the Rockefeller Foundation, um, 10 years ago in order to control the world. And in, a, in one of his interviews, he, he sort of casually drops the comment that that Moderna, one of the pharmaceutical companies who's produced vaccine, claims that their vaccine will enable them to program people. Now, we don't know what context that was from, what that reference was, if there was one, but it's, it's veering in the direction of the, the, the notion that um, vaccination is, is a, a plot by Bill Gates to um, control people by installing a microchip within them. The overall message from um, this, this um, Dr. Rainer Fuhlmich is that they, the powers that be, are trying to take away our freedom. The Guardian um, writer, George Monbiot, um, commented on, on this, this, um, these conspiracy theories. He says, uh, it's an uncomfortable thing to admit but the countercultural movement movements where my sympathies lie, people are dropping like flies. Every few days I hear of another acquaintance who has become seriously ill with COVID after proudly proclaiming the benefits of natural immunity, denouncing vaccines and refusing to take the precautions that apply to lesser mortals. Some have been hospitalized. Within those circles, which have for so long sought to cultivate a good society, there are people actively threatening the lives of others. It's not just anti-vax beliefs that have been spreading through these movements. On an almost daily basis, I see conspiracy theories traveling smoothly from right to left. A little bit later towards the end of this short piece, he says, I believe the synthesis of left alternative and right-wing cultures has been accelerated by despondency, confusion, and betrayal. After leftish political parties fell into line with corporation power, corporate power, the right seized the language they had abandoned. Steve Bannon and Dominic Cummins brilliantly repurposed the left-wing themes of resisting elite power and regaining control of our lives. Now there has been an almost perfect language swap. Parties that once belonged on the left talked about 
talk about security and stability, while those on the right talk of liberation and revolt. But I suspect it also has something to do with the issues we now face, a justified suspicion about the self-interest of Big Pharma clashes with the need for mass vaccination. The lockdown and other measures required to prevent COVID-19 spreading are policies which in other circumstances would rightly be seen as coercive political control. Curtailing the pandemic, climate breakdown and the collapse of biodiversity means powerful agreements struck between governments are necessary, which can be hard to swallow for movements that have long fought multilateral power while emphasizing the local and the, hum, the home spun. I think he's perhaps, perhaps um, going a bit far in, in accusing these, these um, people who decide not to get vaccinated for um, actively threatening the lives of others. It's more, you could say, you could say passively, potentially affecting the lives of others, threatening the lives of others. But the point here is that we may be attracted, attracted to this, the rhetoric around freedom and it may fit in with our views of big pharma and corporations. And the corporations, there are such things as authentic, actual conspiracies. Uh, think of the tobacco companies um, conspiring to... to um, hide information about the uh, health effects of smoking or um, climate change deniers putting out propaganda in order to slow the transition that we need to make uh, away from fossil fuels. But there are these other kinds of, of um, conspiracy theories which are not backed up by the evidence and yet they endure. And in fact, um, there've be, there's been um, strong resistance right from the very beginning of the of vaccine um, production. A sense of not wanting to take this uh, these materials inside the body. When I mentioned to Richard that this was going to be my topic for the Tay Show tonight, he um, reminded me or, or expressed the, the, one of the reasons for his own willingness or um, unhesitating getting of the vaccine was um, remembering his mother who um, contracted polio as a child and lived all her whole life um, walking with with uh, caliper on her leg. If there had been a polio vaccine at that stage, your life would have been very different, he said.
So, along with these these um, wild claims, these um, right wing conspiracy theories. There are voices which are not as extreme, and um, this, this goes for um, some of the New Zealand um, groups that I came across. But before before we we go into that. Just um, something about how to how to respond to um, to to the the extreme, often distorted or completely false conspiracy theories. And I have to say, one of the things I think that that um, makes some of these things alluring is the form they take. As I mentioned before, m almost everything that um, was suggested to me in the way of links were, were video clips. And seeing somebody talking, seeing a, a person talking, tends to elicit a, an emotional reaction. And I felt this myself. Well, this person sounds quite, quite um, convincing. The, the people who talk are often quite sincere and um, uh, speaking knowledgeably about statistical stuff, showing showing graphs and so forth. And then then there's something something will be thrown in, like um, a mention of HCQ, which I had to check on. It's, it's the drug that has been um, discounted as having any effect on, on, on COVID. Hydroxychloroquine. Or some, or, or the other things that may just pop up in, in these, and they sort of go so fast, you don't have a chance to examine them. But do if you if you do look at these sites, then then uh, check up some of the things, the statements that are made. Um, there are different places which do fact checking online. Um, news. There's one called AFP, which is a news agency based in France, and this is really part of the role of journalism is to is to take the time and energy needed to question the claims that are made people make. There are, there are, uh, it's, worth, it's worth doing this to get some kind of perspective on what you're viewing. Um, 
It's also important to discern, discern the difference between these wild conspiracy theories which are uh, not, not backed up with, with evidence and people's just general concern about, about what we don't yet know about the vaccine. And that's, it's true that there is a lot that we don't know because of the speed with which it was produced and, and distributed. We, we, this, it's long-term effects we will discover over time. And there are, there are doctors who are very concerned about this. There's one of, one of the New Zealand groups that um, one can look at online is called New Zealand Doctors SOS. And um, they're very concerned um, that this, they publish all the letters they've been sending to various places, including the Human Rights Commission. And their main concern is that the receiving the vaccine, the vaccine should remain voluntary. Not, must not um, be uh, forcibly administered ever, and I think this is an important point um, that people should have the option; they should not be coerced in any way. Um, in, there is some some uh, suppression of people's views, and that this this some of the doctors involved in this New Zealand Doctors SOS have been um, censured by their um, professional bodies. In other words, told to 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 toe the line, which may not be all that healthy. Even though we may want as many people as possible to get vaccinated. Another group, um, New Zealand group, is Voices for Freedom, and they have a, a very colourful, informed consent pamphlet that I was sent, um, and it's it's couched mainly in terms of information about people's rights. Um, though there there are. Uh, sort of veiled references to cast doubt on the vaccine, such as they're saying there is no reliable evidence that this vaccine pretends you catching the, prevents you from catching the virus or spreading it to others, and um, it doesn't mention the the other half of the story is that um, ninety five percent of people who take the vaccine, this is the Pfizer vaccine, are protected against getting seriously ill. So um, one side might emphasize the, the part about it not protecting you from catching the virus and the side in pro-vaccination pro mentions the 95% protected against getting seriously ill. So to try in our understanding of, of the virus to and the vaccine to um, look for the whole picture rather than just um, these partial statements which are true but they're not the whole story. This rounded out. Most of us do rely on interpretations of the vast amounts of statistics and other information that's out there. 
we probably mostly don't have the time or the energy to delve deeply and to go go into the the research for instance rather we we find people that we trust and we accept their interpretations and we all do this to some degree so just being aware of how much of our information is coming through people we trust and how much of it is direct knowledge or experience along with along with um, getting deeper than the interpretations comes complexity I just got a little taste of this in finding a, a British medical journal article that was um, New Zealand New Zealand focused um, questioning the methodology that Professor Michael Baker that we hear so much from and others had used in calculating the mortality rate of COVID. And the argument of the people who wrote this paper was that um, there were other ways of calculating the, this mortality rate which would make it lower. In other words, that Professor Baker's was too high. But when, you, when I tried to, to read to be able to communicate here in this Tay show to um, why it's very complicated, very arcane. And often scientific articles are like that, that it, it takes a lot of reading and a broad understanding of the, the issues to be able to really interpret the, the medical uh, the information as it appears when it goes into, into peer-reviewed journals. And interestingly, at the end of this article, two of the uh, four or five authors um, declared that they had provided paid advice to Auckland International Airport related to health outcomes associated with COVID-19. In other words, to a business that would want to minimise the, the um, severity of the, of the outbreak for obvious reasons. But at least they declared their competing interest on the paper. It was declared openly. So we have to uh, recognize bias as, a, as a, um, an element in the, these arguments. It's quite... Um, Sometimes things can be can be made very black and white, um, much more more when they're much more nuanced. Nuanced. You, if you were to simplify it down, you could say that from the anti-vax side, looking at the situation, they might say, well, the ill effects of COVID are exaggerated, and the ill effects of the vaccine are downplayed. So that's that's one side. But if you take it from the pro-vaccination side, you could say of the anti-vax side, well, the ill effects of COVID are downplayed and the ill effects of the vaccine are exaggerated. Sort of, sort of a uh, mirroring of, of the two sides.
So to see that we do take sides and just um, question, you know, where does where on whose authority do I take hold my opinions? They are, after all, opinions. Even though we might might feel very strongly that that one side is is right and the other side is wrong. I mentioned something about um, vaccination to one of my students last week, and um, he sent me something that somebody had sent to him. Um, it's the an A4 sheet poster um, that's been photographed off a bullet board, and it looks like its its origins are in the UK, and it's headed up at the heart of COVID. And then it says, um, we may have different beliefs and strategies for caring about ourselves and others, and at the heart of the matter, it is possible our feelings and reasons for feeling them are the same. And then it has a bunch of different um, statements, mirroring statements. And um, the last one is um, on the on the one side. This is on the on the pro vaccination side. It says, "I feel confident about confident about my experts, who tell me." The vaccine is our only way to stay safe from COVID. And then the anti-vaccination side, I feel confident about my experts who tell me we have other options for staying safe from COVID. So suddenly there's more congruity if we look, look, look more deeply. And I have to say that after after looking at um, quite a bit of this material, I haven't changed my mind. I still find that that I feel confidence in um, the Prime Minister, the Director General of Health, um, Professor Baker, and others who are advising the government. My impression of 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 um, their Management, although it has flaws, is 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 its openness and its um, um, the cohesiveness of, of the response, the 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 internal consistency of it. Um, I caught the one p.m. briefing on the radio today because I wanted to get the latest figures uh, for this talk, and towards the end of the question period. Um, a reporter asked Jacinda Ardern about her Facebook page, which has, I don't know, many thousands of followers. And apparently the previous evening, um, it had received 4,000 posts from anti-vaccination proponents. And the, the reporter um, mentioned this, and then without missing a beat, uh, Jacinda Ardern said, Now my haere mai. No gap. And she went on to 
to emphasize the importance of staying open to questions, even as she recognized that the, the posts as being part of a conservative campaign uh, by, as she put it, a particular group. And you could see her picking non-judgmental language about um, this group that may be partly coming, um, emails coming from overseas. So, willing, willing, as they see in her, a willingness to stay open and a, an effort to um, give people as much information as possible and treating people as adults in terms of being able to to um, follow that information and I hope we can all um, stay open to people with different views. We go back to the post, the poster entitled At the Heart of COVID. It starts off with, um, again, with the two, two um, comparing the person, the, the per vaccine positive person and then vaccine negative person. First statement. I am getting the COVID vaccine because I care about myself and others. On the other side, I am not getting the COVID vaccine because I care about myself and others. To, to recognize this in people who have views that we don't share, not just about vaccination. It goes on. I am feeling worried about people not getting the vaccine because I care about others and I want them to be safe. I'm feeling worried about people getting the vaccine because I care about others and I want them to be safe. Or going on, I'm feeling worried about people not getting the vaccine because I'm scared of getting COVID. And then on the other side, I'm feeling worried about people getting the vaccine because I'm scared it will make the virus stronger and I'll get a worse form of COVID. Or another version is sometimes, um, I'm scared it will be have long-term side effects or damage, do damage. Or another statement, I'm feeling angry about people not getting this vaccine because it's totally safe and if they cared about me, they would just get it to keep me and others safe. Or, I'm angry about people getting wanting to get this vaccine because I'm not convinced it is safe and if they cared about me, they wouldn't want me to get it. And then it finishes with the one we read before. I feel confident about, my, confident about my experts who tell me the vaccine is our only way to stay safe from COVID. And I'm confident about my experts who tell me that we have other options for staying safe from COVID. Then the, the poster continues, you may feel bewildered and be wondering, how can they think that? is caring about others. 
And then it suggests find someone with different views today and start a friendly conversation with the intent of building connection, not being right about information. This is, this is um, very hard for some of us to, to come to conversations with an intent of building connection um, rather than having to be right. Even though may, you may feel like you're right, can we can we dig down and and find these these feelings and reasons for feeling that are actually not so different from each other? Um, the same same student sent me another um, few pages which um, he got from the same person who gave him the poster and it's headed up to vaccinate or not to vaccinate how to connect with what matters and it's by somebody called Lachelle Lochard And she writes, if you are reading this, you share a dream with me, a dream that as a global community, we can grow past our fear enough to keep asking the most important question. How can we most fully live and act from love, wisdom and care? In the face of the pandemic, it is not surprising that fear gets the upper hand at times. Now with the vaccine, you might be, feel pushed by fear to take a side and dig in at the cost of staying connected to your heart. You might notice families and friends arguing over whether to get the vaccine or not. You, he you hear yourself cite research and hear others cite statistics. There's so much information to consider. Behind all these details is what really matters most. Love, care, equity, inclusion, connection and community. The spiritual question the pandemic asks us is, how will you care for each other? How will you move past me and mine and expand into a greater sense of family? Um, I was talking to somebody in the States who um, was telling a story of a, of a family that was split between those who were pro and those who were anti-vaccination. Or another um, family where the one, the one person who was anti-vaccination got, got COVID and got very sick, but was still denying that it could possibly be COVID um, because he believed that Christians would not get COVID. writer continues, fear is contraction. It narrows your vision. It keeps you stuck in your biases. 
It has you imagine that survival is all that matters. It pushes you to wrap your attention around the leading cause of suffering, attachment to view. The leading cause of his suffering, attachment to view. Think here of the the, the far last few lines of the Metta Sutta, Sutta of Loving Kindness. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being free from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Now, you might ask why suddenly at the end of the Metta Sutra, which is about kindness and compassion, is this... Um, these lines about not holding to fixed views. Well, holding to fixed views, um, attaching to our views, really gets in the way of our expressing love and compassion. If we, if we don't hold to fixed views, we're not born again into this world. Meaning here, for Mahayana interpretation of this means not being born into um, samsaric world, the, the world of dualistic thinking, of, of polarization. A fixed view is um, an attached view. It doesn't mean that we abandon uh, what we think is correct, but we, we do all we can to avoid polarizing the situation, demonizing people with other views, dismissing them as wrong, while still engaging and even in discussion about the facts of the situation or the falsity of something which is being expressed. When fear is taking over, you might not necessarily be conscious of feeling of fear, especially when your fear gets you stuck in your attachment to your view. A few of the ways fear might manifest are righteousness. There's a list here. This is a very big one. I think it probably especially for for people from faith traditions, feeling of being right, morally right, superior, having the answers that somebody else doesn't have. And that sort of leads into the next one on the list, dismissiveness, where you don't you're not really ready to listen to the other person because they're wrong or to listen through what they're saying to what they might be experiencing emotionally tension in the throat as you speak with a raised voice another another flag is interrupting somebody not not listening in other words what we have to say is more important than what the other person has to say. Anger. We feel threatened. Us. Affronted. 
judgment. Labeling, labeling people as cranks or or anti the the term anti-vaxxers would fit in here. Lack of curiosity. In other words, not being open to hear. Labeling, labeling others as with you or against you. Real boils down to, to an attitude of I know better and others are ignorant. Um, the, the writer also lists, lists some of the, the pairs of, of, of uh, opposites that we, we may not use right or wrong, but we can use these other ones for the same effect, appropriate or inappropriate, informed or misinformed, mainstream or alternative, conservative or progressive, as, as George Monbiot was using, gullible or honest, fearful or confident. Or we could add here, facts versus fake news. She says, fear-based thinking changes the questions you ask. When fear takes over, the central question of how will we care for each other is replaced with fear-based questions like, who is right? What should people do? How can I stay safe, regardless of the impact on others? What is the right way? Who is threatening my freedom, safety, family, views, lifestyle, and so forth? What side are you on? Another question that comes up. Are you on my side or you are on the other side? So she suggests that naming the fear and then finding our groundedness Coming back to, for instance, to our breath or our feeling of being in our body, bringing curiosity to the situation, giving empathy if we can, feeling with the other person, various other techniques here that we can be can be employed. We've, we're running out of time to go into them too much into too much detail. But, but these things are helpful in terms of helping us to see our, our attachment to our views sooner and to not hold so tightly to being right that the connection between us and another person is lost. Keeping looking for those, those universal needs that underlie our thoughts and actions. Words. learning not to get stuck in, in our reactivity.
We'll stop here and recite the four vows. All beings without number, I vow to liberate endless blind passions. I vow to uproot dharma gains beyond measure. I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha. I vow to attain all beings without number. I vow to liberate endless blind passions. I vow to uproot dharma gates beyond measure. I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha. I vow to attain all beings without number. I vow to liberate endless blind passions. I vow to uproot dharma gates beyond measure. I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha. I vow to attain.